We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Alex Golden here. Just wanted to thank you guys for following us all year long. 2022 has been a fantastic year of setting the pace, a record-setting year for us. So thank you all so much for being a part of the journey. And tonight, we're going to be talking all things Pacers-Cavs as the Pacers get an emphatic win against a division foe. Thanks from the huge slam dunk by Aaron Neesmith to kind of close the deal here. But an awesome game for multiple Pacers. We're going to be talking about this game what it means for the Pacers moving forward. But we wanted to thank you all so much for following us along in 2022 and wish you all a happy new year. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. going on pacer nation welcome back to another edition here of setting the pace wanted to thank everybody for the sellout crowd tonight in gamebridge fieldhouse as the indiana pacers defeat the cleveland cavaliers 135 to 126 and joining me to talk about this spectacular performance from the pacers your favorite the one the only michael j Fachi. Fachi, what's going on brother what a win this is the type of win that gives you a little extra pep in the step on a Friday morning. When you when you wake up, the air is just a little bit more crisp, and the Pacers ju- just took down the number one defensive unit, dropping 135 points. That's right, the number one defensive unit, the Cleveland Cavaliers, went down in front of a sold-out crowd. I love every second of it. This was a really fun game to start things off, and I think – that's where we got to go. Buddy Heel breaking the NBA record for the fastest shot made to start a game off here. Ball gets tipped to him, catches the ball, turns around, shoots the three, drills it. And how poetic, Fachi. He breaks Reggie Miller's record of the fastest three made <laughs> in an NBA game since, I believe, like 96, 97 when they started counting all this stuff. So 
Man, Buddy Heald is coming for Reggie Miller Records this season. He really is. Look, that's not going to be the last Reggie Miller record that goes down this year. But that three-pointer, it was crazy. It was really that quick off the tip. It was just like, that's when you knew, it was like, whoa, 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 Buddy's hot. Get him the ball again. And I know he made, I think it was at least his first five threes of the game. I mean, just a really he's he's been on such a roll. We can't just say all oh, the last few games or the you know the last couple of weeks. It's like all month he's been blistering hot from three, and it, it's just we got to sit back and just watch a special shooting performance. But it wasn't just him tonight. I mean, the boys had it. Tyrese Halliburton as well was sizzling from three point land, and overall the Pacers have four guys score at least twenty points per game. Look. That's obviously going to be the recipe to be successful in the league. It's not going to happen often, but tonight there was a lot of guys that had it going. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed what we saw from most of the starting unit. I would say the bench unit did not have the performance that they had against the Hawks. It was kind of a lackluster one, aside from what Benedict Matherin did, because Benedict Matherin played lights out. I think he got a little friendly help there with a goalton call that probably did. should not have given him two points, but you take what you can get because we all know the Cavaliers got away with a goalton in the playoffs that the Pacers should have oh uh, scored on. So we, we got our redemption here in this regular season game with uh, Matherin. Dropping 23 points, though, Fachi, over the last three games, he's looking a lot better, a lot more focused, and a lot uh, more solid in his shot selection, not forcing it too much. I'm really I'm really liking what I've seen from Matherin after Christmas, man. It's looking good. It's looking real good because 23 points on, on paper, obviously, it's always good, but it's better than that. It was 12 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It was that when we needed to put the Cavs away, what we couldn't do on the 16th when we played him, and, and they really went on a run in the fourth, Matherin was there to stop him. And I got nervous because the, the Cavs scored the first 10 points of the fourth quarter. They were on an 18-3 to run before the Pacers really got it going. And Matherin was a big part of that fourth quarter. I mean, I know we'll make our rounds throughout, but oof, I'm excited to talk yeah. about Aaron Neesmith tonight. Because what, what a dunk. I mean, we probably should have let off with that, but we like, probably should have. That's that, how much that, awesome stuff there was in this uh, game. That dunk to me sealed the game for the Pacers. Like, once he made that dunk, I was like, this game's over. I'm sorry. A statement. I screamed in my house. My wife freaked out. She saw the replay and she goes, Oh my. You know, she even got excited after seeing it and she don't even really care that much. So I will just say this Aaron Neesmith, I mean, that dunk was and insane i love how excited he was for himself after he made the dunk quinn buckner's call on the television broadcast was epic quinn buckner does a terrific job with a live reaction to a, a crazy dunk so i i personally just felt like that was the momentum shifter there for the pacers to close the game out it really was it's a dunk on jared allen over there that's not a dunk on on a dunk on some scrub out there this is a a real all-star caliber center over there so that was awesome. <laughs> we we quickly forget because of how cool that dunk was. He gets the buzzer beater right at halftime. And that yeah. honestly was a bit of a momentum shift. It closed the, the lead down to 68 to 64. The Pacers ended up outscoring Cleveland by 13 points in the second half. So it really felt like that buzzer beater right over there where he really pushed it basically full court. You know, that was kind of a bit of a, a shift in momentum as well. So Neesmith. I want to make sure he gets his flowers as much as possible because he had 10 points in the fourth quarter. He had 22 overall on 7 of 10 shooting. 
So big fourth quarter performances from Neesmith and Matherin. I mean, two of the youth guys, I think I think Halliburton was really big throughout the game. He had a good fourth quarter, but also a really good third quarter where he got it going. So, man, this the Pacers really wanted to make sure that this game against Cleveland was not like the last one. And even though on paper Donovan Mitchell did have, I believe it was 28 points, he was not the same Donovan Mitchell from last game that had 41 against us where, you know, he he was just uh, – he shot well over 50% in that game. He was working for it tonight. Ends up going 10 of 25 from the field. Neesmith, got to give you a lot of credit there. Yeah, I uh, Aaron Neesmith has been fantastic, Fachi. And even in games when he hasn't really put up the big numbers like he did tonight, he's still been impactful. I, w- I will say this, Miles Turner, Fachi. Not a huge scoring game, just 14 points, but 12 rebounds. The big one here, six block shots. Miles Turner was emphatic tonight, and I think there was multiple people that put this quote out, but he did an interview after the game talking with Pat Boylan for the radio broadcast, and he said that this is something special. I want to get the correct quote up here before I give it away, but, I mean, he he was talking about how important (laughs) or how special this team is. And I want to get it here because I think it's really important. He said, we're building something special. Just keep believing the Pacers per Tony East have taken down three of the East top six teams in the last eight days. Look, I'm ready to admit that we were completely off with our predictions at the beginning of the season. Time does not matter to me. I'm, I'm just really happy that we're watching an awesome, fun basketball team for the first time. What feels like since the 17, 18 season. And I'm getting a lot of vibes from that year with this team as well. I think a lot of people have pointed that out. It, it just feels like Tyrese is ascending. There's so many young pieces you're excited about. And, you know, one thing we know about this team is they love playing for one another. And I think that's the main reason why they're having such great success. Unselfishness from the top down to the bottom. They look like they're having, I mean, I can't tell who's having more fun. The players, when they're out there winning, or the fans watching them have fun and winning. It's It's been a blast across the board. I, I, Turner, really, really solid performance tonight. 14 and 12, the six blocks, no, tar- no turnovers. He's a plus 16. I mean, overall, just a real good, rock-solid performance. And, man, when he's talking about building something special, really gives you that feeling of, Whoa, does it really seem like he wants to stick around for this? Because we always just want players that want to be here for the long haul. And when players talk like that, it makes it feel like, hey, like we're just getting started and and I want to see what this unfolds. So obviously there's a lot of Pacer fans that are like, hey, look, is, is this the team we keep together or not? Who knows? But on a night like tonight, it makes you want them to keep this core together because they're just getting started. The Cavs have real expectations of winning. They went all in on the Donovan Mitchell trade. The Pacers, on the other hand, they were the opposite. Still have about $25 million in cap space. Like they didn't spend all their money right there. They their 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 offseason was different, but we're way ahead of schedule. And on a night like tonight, when you beat the Cavs, it feels like you could beat any team on any given night. Totally agree, Fachi. I mean, this game was just It was a wild one because the Pacers, you know, starting out the fourth quarter, went to their bench unit, and Mm -hmm. the bench unit, like I said, just was not good tonight. I think Matherin had like four or six points before they finally started bringing some guys back in from the starting lineup, and it's just like McConnell, I mean, he was playing off ball a couple of different possessions there, which didn't make a lot of sense to me, and then you had Chris Duarte out there. 
really struggling tonight. Didn't think yeah, he played great. Jalen Smith, I did not feel like he played great either. Obviously, Duarte ended up having to leave the game because he got hit in the head by a Jared Allen elbow. So we'll have to monitor that and see if he's able to come back from that. I thought O'Shea provided some good spark here and there, but you know, it, it wasn't the O'Shea game we saw two nights nah. ago against the Hawks. But you know, I mean, I still thought he was impactful in certain ways. Yeah. And you know, I just this bench unit, they still got to figure it out. I'm not in love with it. I feel like at times when you only run that bench unit, Matherin's about the only offense you have. And that's fine if you're going to run it through him, but sometimes they weren't running it through him. And Duarte just, he's, he's had some good moments since he's come back and he's had some rough moments since he's come back. I think he's still trying to figure out his exact role because he's a scorer and there's just not been a lot of opportunities for him to get the ball in good positions to score. And I think part of that is just because there's so many other scorers on this team that you have to kind of pick and choose where last year it was kind of like, Hey, feed him the ball. We need him to score. So that to me is one of the big things here talking point wise in terms of his down uh, game. But uh, overall, this was just a game that made you feel like when bank or excuse me. Wow. When Gamebridge Fieldhouse is sold out, this is a very special team to watch in that kind of environment. I think the Pacers at this point look like a playoff team. Faji, they're playing like a playoff team. Depends on what they end up doing. I have no idea, but I think this is a playoff team for sure this season now. I would be shocked if they are not in the top 10. And I think that if they get a home game or two in Gamebridge Fieldhouse during a play-in setting or maybe even making a playoff uh, appearance here, this is a team that has what you want to be competitive in a playoff series. There's been a difference the last couple games. uh, The Hawks game... That arena was packed as well, 16,000-plus. This was a sellout tonight. It makes a big difference. It really does. I mean, the the Pacers were able to handle business in both of those games. I mean, the fans got to continue to come out there because it's been really fun. I mean, it it was great when you and I went to the Nuggets game. I mean, that that was a great atmosphere. This atmosphere would have been awesome. I would have loved to have been there for that. Pacers defending home court, you know, just like they had for – for years and years, the last couple of years have been tough to see, but they're ten and seven at home this year, which which is awesome to see. And you know they're just showing that they're battling each and every night. Every now and then there'll be a Pelicans game like that, but the Pacers have won four or five, and actually they're they're eight and one this year when Buddy and Tyrese score twenty or more. But they've actually won their last eight when they've done that. So mm. I mean that that seems to be a little bit of a recipe. And I, and I was thinking, I tweeted it out. I said at one point, I was like, we need the Tyrese the, of just last week, who was averaging 38 points per game, you know, in that stretch. And he really got back to, to that. I mean, 29 points tonight, nine assists to just one turnover. He shoots six of eight from three. I mean, this guy is just everything you could have ever hoped for <laughs> and more. He gets the best out of everyone. When you talk about Matherin being, you know, the really the only great point of, of the bench tonight. I mean, the top five guys are obviously, you know, um, you know Buddy, Tyrese, Miles, Neesmith, and Matherin. They were the mm-hmm. only ones that were at least a positive plus minus. Matherin plus 12 off the bench. No one else was better than minus three. So, yeah, really showed it, it was him and just about no one else tonight. Yeah, I think that closing lineup with Matherin in there for Nimhart did help the plus minus a little bit. It did. So, yeah, I mean, but you're, you're, you're bringing up some great points here about Tyrese Halliburton. And one thing that I was just so blown away with was his ability to take advantage of switches in this game. Whenever he got Jared Allen switched on him, he wasn't afraid to 
hit some crazy step back mm-hmm. threes. And one thing we don't really stress enough on this podcast is the unlimited range that Tyrese Halliburton shoots with. It's deep. He takes shots from the logo. I mean, you're talking 30 to 35 footers he's pulling up with. And some of them are not my favorite looks or attempts, but sometimes they just go in. And I mean, there's nothing you can say about it. If the ball's going in the hoop. Who cares how it gets there, right? Or where where he's shooting it from. But I think we know he's a great passer, leading the league in assists, right? 29 points. I mean, outscores Donovan Mitchell by one point. I think Donovan Mitchell is a front runner contender to be a starting guard in the NBA All-Star game for the yep. Eastern Conference. So, you know, for him to hang with him, I mean, maybe he's taking these games personally, realizing, hey, I got to hang with the best of the best to prove that I'm that. But even still, like, you know, Buddy Heald had a super efficient night, 10 of 14, and a lot of his threes felt timely. And while he was second in field goal attempts, it felt like he didn't shoot a ton towards the end of the game. So yeah. it was it was letting other guys kind of cook, and that's where Aaron Neesmith kind of came into play. Benedict Matherin, like you said, in the fourth quarter had a big game. So really, you just love to see how these players are all working together. And I, I think it all starts with Tyrese Halliburton just being the unselfish player that he is, his ability to shoot the ball from deep range. And you probably saw tonight how many times – Halliburton is able to look the other way and get the defense shifted a certain way to get wide open looks for people. I think I at least can remember five or six attempts or uh, plays tonight where that happened. And it's just like, this dude's a magician with the basketball. There isn't a single pass that I doubt him on. I think he can make every single pass out there. And when you talk about Buddy being you know unselfish in the fourth quarter, he only had one shot in mm. the fourth quarter. He had 13 shots through three quarters, ends with 14. And I really feel like that was letting Matherin and Neesmith cook. And, and I think that in Halliburton, those three players, Matherin, Neesmith, Halliburton, really shouldered the load in that fourth quarter. And it was great to see, you know, Turner obviously did did his thing uh, defensively and obviously had, you know, 14 points he chipped in with. But, man, I, I really just feel like across the board, this was one of those, like, um, Aaron Neesmith really just kind of taking his game to the next level and that being like an X factor. I feel like if he doesn't get hot in that fourth quarter, I don't know, because he's doing it on both sides of the ball. He's a plus 18, just an underrated performance that I know people thought, you know, felt I was hating on Neesmith in the beginning. Same thing with you. Performance like this, you just, you can't ignore it at all. So, <laughs> yeah, you were, you were the Neesmith hater and I was kind of you, you took the torch. You know? I did because I was really disappointed with him. And I think there was a reason why he was not playing good basketball. He wasn't simply I put, I don't really. Get, I don't know what the flip of the switch was, though, Foch. That's where it's just kind of random to me. It's like all of a sudden he just started clicking. And I, and I wonder if it was kind of like him getting back into the starting lineup or him getting, you know, we were talking about it. He was consistently logging like 26 minutes a game for a while there off the bench. And we were kind of like, why is he playing so much when he's not been effective? But all of a sudden, I think him starting, putting Jalen on the bench has been huge. And we can talk about this almost every podcast, but I just think the paces are a totally different team when they play smaller. They are. And, and I, I don't see Jalen Smith entering that starting lineup, you know, over Neesmith really, I don't, don't want to say anytime soon, but it's not that this, is, this leash is so short. On a night like tonight, it was such a great bounce back performance because against Atlanta, it was tough. He was, uh, Neesmith was 0 6, ends the game with three points. I mean, not really something to write home about, but the Pacers still won the game. So, this was the type of performance that to really show that you can shake off a bad game and still be consistently good. Because think about this. He had 22 points this game, three against Atlanta, 
All right, 10 against New Orleans, whatever, but 15 against the Celtics, 23 against the Knicks, 14 against Cleveland. He had been stringing together some really consistent performances. And in the month of December, as he just finished it off, 10.5 points, 4.5 rebounds. He does it on 48% shooting, 37% from three on the month. Does it all in Mm. just under 23 minutes. And that doesn't even really reflect on what he's doing defensively. So I think he's been an awesome addition for the Pacers, you still got the Celtics' first-round pick coming in the Brogdon trade, but a classic buy low, roll the dice, and have faith in developing a young player who didn't get to reach his potential in Boston. That's what the Pacers have on their hands with Aaron Smith. <laughs> I got a text tonight that said, we're going to start talking about the Brogdon trade as a Smith trade. We might. We might. And I love that. I love that so much. Shout out my friend Lincoln. I just absolutely love that text. I'm like, it's so, it's so funny because – how like this whole thing was looked at was like, oh man, the Pacers get give up Brogdon to the Celtics for a bunch of scrubs, you know, and that's kind of how it was looked. It's like, oh, Daniel Tice is in there, and yeah, they got Neesmith and a first round pick, but this is basically just to get Brogdon out of Indiana so that Tyrese Halliburton could have the free reigns to do whatever he wants. Now look at Aaron Neesmith. This is a guy that, like Rick Carlisle says, epitomizes Indiana basketball. He is the true definition of a Pacer. I, I can't say it. I, I'm just blown away. I'm, I'm just kind of like catching myself speechless here, Fachi, because everything that I thought about this Pacers team going into the season, it's been the complete opposite. I, I They've been so consistently good throughout the year. I know they're only two games above 500, but for them to even be there, I'm just blown away. There's so many guys that are way ahead of schedule with their development and how they're fitting into this team. So much confidence. I mean, I don't think they have what it takes to win and go deep in the playoffs. I still don't believe that, but there yet. I do believe that this team could be a really fun, tough, competitive first round playoff matchup. And like you said, last podcast, this roster doesn't have hardly any playoff experience. So it would be huge for them to actually get that playoff experience that they haven't ever had a chance to get. And it's only going to make them grow closer, and I think it's going to be able to let the front office see maybe some areas they need to look at to improve upon in terms of building the team. Tough team, or dare I say, a tough out. No, no, tough no, no, out. no, no, no. I know. Nails on a chalkboard, Come man. I don't on, miss no, that phrase, you. but I had to bring it back for old times as we close out 2022. Man, that's exactly <laughs> what this Pacers team seems you like. You had to go there. I had to. But here's the thing. We could live with this team being a tough out because there wasn't expectations of, oh, we got to make the playoffs or we got to make a run or this is it or these guys are paid. It's like, no, this is a super young team that didn't have expectations that is exceeding them. So, yeah, on on, on every given night, I want to be competitive. And on a night like tonight, we weren't just competitive. We were better than a team that is striving to win a championship. And that right over there is when you know that you're ahead of schedule. And this feels like that loss against the Cavs, which we heard. I remember when we talked about it. They said it was a quiet locker room after that. They were really disappointed that they blew that fourth quarter lead. And I don't think the boys forgot about it tonight. And it shows in what we saw. And not only the second half, but specifically that fourth quarter. Man, I'm still fired up from this win. Oh, man, me too. And I mean, we talked about it earlier this week, and I and I wanted to kind of read the results of the poll that I put out yesterday because I was just kind of curious, what is everybody's pulse on this team? And 
It's interesting, Fachi, because I said, hey, Pacers fans, what is your preferred plan for both Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? So here are the options. Keep both. Trade Miles, keep Buddy. Trade Buddy and keep Miles or trade both. The winner of the four was keep both with a 47% vote from about 1,300 voters. 53% in agreement said to trade one or both of them. So it just goes to show you how split so many people are. Now, look, this had, according to Twitter, 15,000 views and only 1,300 people voted. So whatever. I'm not expecting everybody to vote on my poll, but I was just curious what people thought. I just think it's interesting that it's so like so many people are torn on what they want this team to do because everybody was really bought in for the majority on a rebuild, right? Everybody was Mm -hmm. excited for the youth movement, and now we're ahead of schedule. Now people are falling in love with this team, and me and you both feel like they got to continue to add more talent to get anywhere close to being a playoff contender. But at the same time, it's still really fun to watch them. So just the fact that so many are split down the middle on what they want from this team, I think that's a good problem to have. But at the same time, I just feel like it's a super tough decision for the front office because who's going to be the who's going to be the one that breaks up this core? That's going to be tough. Super tough because you know all you really ask for is a competitive on-court product. But for a while we were competitive, but nothing really passed that. And in the beginning of the year, everyone was probably thinking, "Hey." Trade whoever you can trade and stockpile draft picks. Well, in your poll right over there, people weren't saying trade them both. It was maybe trade one or keep them, whatever it is. And the the style that the Pacers like to play, in specifically being a fast-paced team, shooting a lot of threes. Well, tonight they shot 61% from three. I don't think you're really going to be able to play that same style without a guy like Buddy Heald leading the NBA in three-pointers made. A guy like Turner, who's also shooting above 40% from three. He goes two or four from three. So, yeah, they're split because if they trade, you know, one or both of those guys, you cannot play that same style. There is not enough shooters off the bench to be able to really replace those guys in any means, especially when you don't talk bigs. Isaiah Jackson and Goga, I mean, they're they're not even playing right now. So, yeah. uh, I mean, <laughs> there, there would definitely be a big debate. But for right now, the front office has a extremely tough decision on their hands because a lot of people are having fun. And I got to believe that we have we are far ahead of even where they could have dreamed of at this yeah. point. Yeah, and I'm not in love with our, our big rotation outside of miles, to be honest no. with you. No. Uh, too many holes in Jalen Smith's game to really count on him to be reliable. Same thing can be said for Isaiah Jackson. I get it. They're both really young. They don't have the eight years of experience that Miles has. But at the same time, it's just like projecting-wise, I just I just don't really know if I see any starter-level talent in either of those two guys right now. Now, I say that, and we know that Jalen Smith is going to go off the next five games for 20 points and 10 rebounds because yeah. I said that. But right now, it just feels like over what we've seen from Jalen Smith from last season at the end of the season to this season right now, and Isaiah Jackson, both bring a lot of interesting attributes, statistics, whatever you want to call it, skills to the to the center position. But they're just not starter caliber to me right now. And I maybe in four to five years, you can say that one of them does become that. But it, it's really hard to say that any of them are even close to what Miles can do because Miles' ability to protect the rim, you know, knock the three 
ball down at a at a good rate. I mean, his three point shot tonight to cut the lead to one was huge for the Pacers. Massive. That that really did change a little bit of the momentum because if he doesn't hit that, I mean, what what happens with this game? So, I I just feel like Turner is head and shoulders above any other big on our team, and come playoff time, this might sound crazy. You might see Daniel Tice if if the Pacers make the playoffs get the backup center minutes over Jalen Smith. And anything's possible. I, I never not, would have I'm, thought I'd be I'm saying, just saying that. Where we're at now, I mean, I know. I mean, anything. Coach could Thorpe said now. he was going to play. Coach Thorpe said he was going to play. I was kind of laughing it off, like I don't see it. But so did I. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Where we're but... at now, if we make the playoffs, I mean, who do you think you're going to? Tr- who do you think Rick's going to trust in the playoff series? Tice or Smith? I mean, Daniel Tice is way more battle tested in the playoffs. Has played in the finals and everything like that. And I tell you one thing: the only thing Goga's sniffing is is one of those Ben's pretzels that you introduced <laughs> me to because he ain't sniffing the court. All right, so right now, I mean, best cheerleader on the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, there's a lot of guys that are not seeing the court, so you could see that if the Pacers were going to move on from Miles anyway, they'd have a massive hole at center that just I, I don't think you're going to fill in a trade. So. Right now, they're playing winning basketball. They really are. They're, they're surprising. I mean, I guess we could say they're still surprising a lot of teams, but there's going to be a time where people got to take us seriously because how many times can you continue to sneak up on, on teams? But right now, the Pacers continue to do it. And, I, I mean, we're it's such a joy to watch right now. I know that we keep saying, oh, schedule coming up, it's not easy. You know, I mean, we're playing – we're playing the Clippers to end the year. Last time that did not go well, but now after a win like this, I'm sorry, Alex, but I got faith now. <laughs> I'm thinking like we can yeah. take down the Clippers at home. Then there's Toronto. We could take down Toronto at home. Yeah, they're Anything, not playing good anyway. They're not. Anything can happen now, and, and that's a big difference than last year where I told you it was a pivotal moment. New Year's Eve when DeMar DeRozan hit that game-winning three. Uh, he gross. broke my spirit on the year. It was just about a year ago. And now, all of a sudden, I got a completely different mentality. I'm thinking even though the Pacers are hovering around 500, it's a good type of hover. And that typically, there ain't much that's good about hovering anywhere. So <laughs> I like this type of hover. No, I'm with you, man. And I, and I think it's just a totally different feel for this team what we saw last year at all. It felt like the guys hated each other. They were ready to be broken up. You could tell Carlisle wasn't a fan of that team, and you can just feel the complete opposite about this team. Carlisle loves what he's doing, and I think there's enough parity in the NBA right now, Fachi, that it doesn't feel like there's just one dominant team. Like Right now, you can make the case that the Brooklyn Nets are the hottest team in the Eastern Conference, maybe in the entire NBA. They've been playing lights out. The Bucks have not been playing their best basketball. I know they've been dealing with injuries and sitting Middleton as he's kind of coming back. And they blew a huge lead last night to the Chicago Bulls and lost that game, which was a little bit of a stunner. Even though they had some guys missing, I think Drew and Middleton missed that game. But it just feels like this Cavs team only played eight guys tonight, I believe. Mm-hmm. One of those games where it's like when you see Isaac Okoro and I think it was Lamar Stevens starting, you know, when they're out there together on the court, it's like, okay, They've got holes in their roster. Once they get everybody healthy, they might be different. Like Boston's the only team to me that feels like, wow, Boston and Brooklyn feel like the two best teams in the Eastern Conference right now. And we just beat Boston and they play terrible yeah. against us and they've been kind of struggling. Marcus Smart did not play in that game. So I'm just saying it feels like there's a lot of parity right now in the league. The Pacers have stayed healthy this season, knock on wood. The only one that's really dealt with any injuries is Christy Duarte. And you have to wonder how that's going to play a factor moving forward with his rotation, what they be- believe with him 
in this, you know, system moving forward. I mean, it feels kind of like he's the odd man out of the shuffle in terms of like importance. Cause like so many times we're talking about other guys and it's just like Duarte last year was a huge talking point for us. And now he's an afterthought. You want to know something sad? You want to talk about afterthoughts? We raved how the Pacers front office nailed last year's draft yep. with Duarte and Isaiah Jackson. We were thrilled with them. They were two of the two of the better Pacer rookies that we'd seen in God knows how long. And all of a sudden, those are two guys that are barely even seeing the court right now. Isaiah mm-hmm. Jackson not seeing the court by you know coach's decision, and Duarte putting together you know roughly fifteen minutes a night. I know tonight was a little bit less due to the, the elbow to the head, but it's crazy because we were thrilled with the production we saw last year and the hope for the step forward for both of them this year was through the roof. You felt like if the Pacers are going to be rebuilding, those two guys are going to play a big part in it. So far, that's not been the case. But to your point about Brooklyn, they are playing fantastic basketball. They've won 10 straight games right now. Alex, there was a situation where we could have almost kind of won all four games against Brooklyn, at least gone three and one if it wasn't for an absolute meltdown uh, you know, in that Brooklyn game where they only they they sat their their top seven players, but I mean that's a team that's in the two spot right now. We we went two and two with them, so it shows that yeah. right now we can hang with just about anybody. And I just don't know who could have said that coming into the year. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And Miles Turner is fired up. He just tweeted an emoji of a guy rock climbing. So I'm assuming that's an indication that the paces are climbing <laughs> to the I top. Think so. so we will uh, leave that there, but I, I think that's going to wrap everything up. I, I Only a question I don't think I asked you. What do you got? Rick Carlisle's double technical fouls. Good or bad? Uh, it was a bad call by the ref, but Carlisle now, uh, Scott Agnes tweeted this out, <laughs> leads the league with eight technical fouls. I, that, yeah. That's kind of a lot. Well, I mean, <laughs> He's gotten at least two double technical fouls in a row that I remember. I don't know if he's gotten... Another one where he got thrown out, but I know he got ejected against the Rockets. Nearly got ejected at the Nuggets game we were at. Oh, yeah, he got a technical in that <laughs> game. So did Malone, though. Malone was hot that game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a weird game. Uh, the, the, the officials have not been great. They, like, they there was not. not very many foul calls in this game. The Pacers shot 21 free throws, I think, and the Cavs shot 20. They were 14 of 20. We were 20 of 21. So, you know, love to see that. Matherin had nine of the 21 free throws, which is funny, but – you know, I, I put out there, I was like, don't love that foul. I don't love that technical foul there by Carlisle. I mean, I understand being upset, maybe getting one, but to get two like he did, it, it's lucky. He's lucky he didn't backfire and bite the team in the butt yeah. because that could have killed the momentum, given them two extra free points after that play. It, it was a bad call, bad no call by the refs. I get it. And I know people were like, no, this will fire the team up, but it really didn't. The Cavs went on a huge run after that. And then the <laughs> yeah, no, no, it didn't have that effect that we no, wanted at all. And the game no. was really tight. So it, it could have backfired at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that this coaching staff is very talented and very smart. I'm not trying to underplay what Lloyd Pierce, Ronald Norad, Matt Weiner, and Jenny Busek do for this team and the other guys behind the bench. But I just trust Carlisle to be out there in the, in the close games like this because I know he's going to make the right timeouts, right substitutions, and that kind of thing. He's not going to let games get out of hand where maybe the other guys are more free to let them kind of play it out, where Carlisle might have a little bit of a, a tighter leash on some of the rotations and stuff. So I just I just didn't love it. I don't usually care when he gets technical foul because I think it's it's good that he's fighting for his players. Kevin Pritchard, I don't know if you saw in the video, but he was already down by the 
down by the steps where he goes up to his seat. So he was out of his seat for those two because he was not happy with the no call as well. But yeah, I, I just feel like this one, this one to me was not the right timing for him to get thrown out of a game. But I feel like my opinion was very unpopular amongst Pacers Twitter because a lot of people were disagreeing with me on this one. I mean, anybody likes a coach that's going to stand up for the team. You know, that, that always happens. But um, look, I mean, think about this. The Pacers are 36 games into the season. Carlisle missed one or two games. I know one was like his daughter's uh, graduation or, yeah. or, or recital, one, one of the two. So he's basically averaging uh, a technical foul almost every four games, essentially <laughs> about every five, every five. It feels like a lot. Yeah, you know, so I, I feel like we should probably take that down a, a notch. It's like a, averaging a technical every four and a half games. So, um, you know, it, it's a bit much. But if it didn't cost the Pacers, then we can live with it. Yeah, it's not a big talking point. That's why I waited till the very end to ask you about it because it didn't really matter that much. But I was just curious your thoughts. So, um, yeah. Well, anyway, with that being said, psh, hit the people, Fachi. All right. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenMBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast. Subscribe to our channel. Let us know what you think of our videos. But Fachi, if you believe that Tyrese Halliburton should not only be an all-star, but should be on an all-NBA team this year, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.